There are so many holiday stories available to read our children. They all have a different focus. Some silly, some academic, some religious, and any other focus you can think of. When my kids were small, I wanted a story that helped them understand gratitude in the presence of struggle. I wanted a book that showed God's goodness. And I found Squanto and the Miracle of Thanksgiving. This book became the story my family read every Thanksgiving. Today, I'm going to read it to you. And maybe you and your kiddos will enjoy listening to it as much as my kids and I did. And maybe it will give you a little space to cook. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, you'll find a generic Amazon link for it in the show notes. Now, before I begin reading this, I'm going to take a few minutes to describe the celebration promo that we have going on right now here at the Language of Play. And then the reading of the story begins at 7 minutes and 15 seconds. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned because in this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. middle of a celebration special and that is we're honoring Thanksgiving, Black Friday, the holidays coming up and 100 episodes on the language of play. So now until December 7th which will be the 100th episode day the language of play is running a special and that special is really quite phenomenal. I have brought back a lecture series for you in fact two lecture series. Each of them will be offered at the phenomenal price of $97. Both of them are six lessons long. Both of them are highly practical and give you strategies that you can use right now. Now, when you purchase these courses at only $97 a piece, you also get one hour with me on Zoom coaching with you one-on-one to work on the issues that you have actually going on in your home so we can tease them apart and you can finally resolve and have a plan of action to address the things your kiddo and your family need. So what are these courses? 
Well, as always, check in the show notes. But here is the summary. The first lecture series was titled, Why Won't the Kids Listen? And that was focused on building the more peaceful, productive, and loving home by building your team-centeredness. This series focused on helping you recognize your own default settings you have in your life and parenting, teaching you how to recalibrate according to what it is that you want, and to recognize your child's perspective so that you can learn to start communicating from there. The lesson titles. First is the introduction. Second, our parenting foundation. Third, what stops compliance? Next, expectations and assumptions. Then, bribe, beg, and bargain. And finally, parental leadership. This course helps you learn how to build a more peaceful, productive, loving home by building your family team. In the second lecture series that I did, I titled it Getting Kids to Listen Better. In that six lessons, I teach parents communication strategies that work with your child's brain. You learn ways that your environment can remind your child so that you don't have to repeat so much, and you learn what competencies you can expect at the various ages from your child. The lesson titles in this course, one, your child's brain, Two, the map to independence starts early. Three, eliminating repeating. Well, some of it. Four, how to know what your child is actually learning. Five, chores. What should I expect? And finally, confidence building with skills. So as you can see, the focal point for each of these lessons is indeed kids listening better. However, we come at it from a very different perspective each time with different material. These video series lectures were live recordings done for Amazing Parents Network during their family education series. These courses are offered at only $97 because we want this information to be affordable and we want the language and the terminology to be commonplace among families, among parents. To purchase these courses for yourself or for somebody you know that also wants to improve their parenting and become more effective, see my show notes and look for the link. And if you have any questions along the way, as always, feel free to email me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com and I will talk with you further. You can also schedule a Zoom call to have your questions answered and you'll see that link in the show notes as well. So in summary... There are two video lecture series that are $97 a piece, and when you purchase both, you will also get an hour-long coaching session with me to talk directly with you about the things that you want to get better at or issues you're dealing with. That makes 12 lessons plus a one-hour coaching strategy session for you for only $194. Please feel free to pass this forward to anyone you know that works with or lives with children. All right, let's begin Squanto and the Miracle of Thanksgiving. The author is Eric Metexas, and it's illustrated by Shannon Sternweiss. Every once in a great while, the hand of God is easy to see, and for a brief moment, fairy tales and history are the same thing. This story is about one of those times. It was in the year of our Lord, 1608. Few white men had ever seen North America, but everywhere there were various tribes of natives, some who were friendly and trusting, 
others who were fierce and cruel. On the chilly gray coast of what is now called Massachusetts, there lived a tribe called the Pawtuxets, who were friendly and trusting as any that lived. One of them, a boy about twelve, was called Tisquantum, or Squanto. One day, while Squanto and other Pawtuxet braves were hunting for lobsters along the shore, they saw a giant vessel. It was the size of a hundred canoes. The men aboard it wore strange clothing and had hair on their faces like fur. But Squanto was not frightened. He had heard of such men. These are the men who come from very few years from the world across the water, Squanto told his friends. They have come to trade with us. Squanto knew that they often brought bright beads, glinting knives, axe heads, and iron pots to exchange for animal pelts and furs. Let's see what they have brought, Squanto said, and he and his companions excitedly raced down towards the water. At first, the men seemed friendly to the young braves and offered them food. But then, without warning, the men attacked. They grabbed the trusting Pawtuxets and threw them to the ground, tying stiff ropes around their wrists and feet. Squanto had never been so frightened. The men dragged the braves to their giant ship and threw them into the dark hold beneath the ship's deck, laughing all the while. Then they locked the hatch above. Squanto shivered in the darkness. The ropes hurt his wrists and ankles. The ship began to move, and Squanto did not know where he was going or indeed, if he would ever see sunlight again. Why had these men done this? Squanto listened to the water lapping against the hull of the ship. Somehow, he knew that he was leaving the world of his childhood forever. Days passed, then weeks. They had traveled for so long that it seemed to Squanto they must now be on the other side of the sky, behind the moon, the sun, and the stars. Where were they going? Then one day, the ship dropped anchor. At long last, they came to land. The hatch was opened, and Squanto and his fellow captives were brought ashore. The glaring sun burned their eyes. The air was dry and hot, and everything was dusty from great heat. Squanto did not know it yet, but he was now in the country of Spain in a city called Malaga. One of the men from the ship roughly herded Squanto and the other braves towards a crowd of people on the dock. One by one, the braves were forced to stand before the jeering crowd. They were being sold as slaves. Squanto watched his companions as each one was sold and taken away forever. But God had another plan for Squanto. On the dock that morning stood a group of men who were different from others. These men were called monks, and they served God. When it was Squanto's turn to be sold, one of the monks held up a small bag of heavy coins. A man from the ship snatched the coins and shoved Squanto towards the monks. As the monks led Squanto to the monastery where they lived, they spoke kindly to him in words Squanto could not understand. The monks fed Squanto gave him a comfortable place to sleep, and helped him understand that they meant him no harm. As time passed, the monks taught Squanto their language and about their faith. 
they explained that the god they worshipped saw everything that had happened. He knows the future as well as the past, the monks explained, and all the people in the world are God's children. God loves you, they said, and he has seen all you have been through. If you will trust him, he will use those difficulties in ways you could never imagine. The monks knew that Squanto missed his family, so they tried to help him find a way to go back home to America. Finally, they came upon a good plan. But first, Squanto would have to travel all the way to England. That's where the trading ships were that sometimes sailed across the great Atlantic Ocean to Squanto's home. So about five years after Squanto had first arrived to Spain, the time had finally come for him to leave. He bid the dear monks farewell and traveled northward in a ship to London, England. London was an unbelievable sight. It made the city of Malaga seem as small as the Patuxic village. There were soaring towers that seemed to touch the clouds and long bridges that stretched all the way across the great river called Thames. All the streets were filled with people and horses and carriages. And in a great palace, there lived a man whom the Londoners called King James. He was the great chief, the Sachem, of the entire land. The monks had sent Squanto to the home of a London merchant called John Slaney. After hearing Squanto's story, Slaney and his family welcomed Squanto into their home. As soon as we find another ship headed for America, Slaney promised, you will be on it, Squanto. Squanto's harp leaped. He was going home. But it might be a long while before such a ship is found, Slaney warned. Until then, you will stay here with us. We will teach you our language and our ways. Perhaps you will be able to pay your passage back to America by working as a translator on one of the trading ships. Squanto sighed heavily, but at least now there was hope. He would stay in London with the Slaneys and work in their stables until a ship was found that would carry him home. At last, five long years later, in the year 1618, a ship was found. Squanto could hardly believe it. It had been ten years since he had been kid kidnapped from Pawtuxet as a boy of twelve. At long last, he was going home. With tears in his eyes, Squanto bid farewell to the Slaneys and to the great city of London with all its towers and bridges. Then Squanto boarded the ship and sailed westward toward America. Far across the Atlantic Ocean, the ship stopped in Newfoundland at a large trading post where it would remain until spring. Again, Squanto waited. When at last spring arrived, Squanto boarded the ship one more time. As the days passed, Squanto thought back over the last ten years. Had he imagined it? Was he really going home? Then one day, as Squanto stood peering across the waters, he saw land. Land ho! he yelled. Hurrah! As the ship drew closer, Squanto saw that he was not far from where he had been kidnapped all those years ago. Home! Squanto went ashore and immediately began running towards his village. But something was wrong. 
The fields around the village were empty and untended. There was no one on the path to greet him. When he reached the village, there wasn't a soul to be seen. Not even a dog barked at his arrival. What had happened? Worried and confused, Squanto walked to the village of a neighboring tribe some miles away. There Squanto learned the terrible news. While he had been away, a terrible illness had struck. His whole village had become sick. No one had survived. This news was more than Squanto could bear. Had his years of exile and his long journey been for nothing? How could God allow this to happen? For a time, Squanto lived with his neighboring tribe. But as he watched the happy families all around him, his sadness only grew. Finally, he went to live in the woods by himself. There, Squanto sat, listening to the wind and to the birds singing in the swaying trees. As he pondered the great sorrow in his heart, he talked to God. When the trees began to bud again, a tribesman from another village came to visit Squanto. His name was Samoset, and he told an amazing story. The year before, a shipload of families had come and settled in Patuxet, the very place where Squanto had lived as a boy. Samoset told Squanto that he must come and see them. Squanto agreed. When Squanto came to the edge of what had once been his village, he marveled at the changes that had been made. Then he saw them. English people! They spoke and dressed just like those who had been so kind to him in London. Squanto rejoiced to see children playing again on the land where he himself had played. Squanto approached the English people and began speaking to them in their own language. Good morning, he called. My name is Squanto. The English were so amazed that they could not speak. How did this native know their language so well? Then Squanto told them the sad story of his kidnapping, of his time in Spain and London, and of his long journey home. Then the English people told Squanto of their own search for a home. Because these people, who were called pilgrims, chose to worship God differently than other English people, many of them had been arrested and thrown into jail. So they had left England and traveled to Holland, where they lived for several years. But when the pilgrims saw that their children were forgetting the English ways and were picking up the habits of the new country, the pilgrims decided to travel across the ocean to the new world. They trusted that God would lead them to a new home. And God led us to this very spot, one of the pilgrims said. We have named it Plymouth, in honor of the town in England where we once lived. Then they told Squanto about the terrible first winter in their new home. Half of them had died from sickness and starvation. We didn't have time to build proper houses, they explained. The winds were bitter, and the cold came through the cracks in our huts. Many of us were already sick and weak from the long journey across the ocean. And then there wasn't enough food. As the pilgrims told their story, the sorrow in their voices broke Squanto's heart. He knew what it was like to lose loved ones. William Bradford, the governor of Plymouth, then spoke. 
It's like the story of Joseph from our sacred scriptures, he said. Like you, Joseph was also taken from his home and sold as a slave. But God had a plan for him. Through Joseph, God was able to save many people from starving. What man had intended for evil, God intended for good. Then Bradford smiled at Squanto. Perhaps God has sent you to be our Joseph, he said. In the weeks that followed, Squanto felt like a child again. It was so good to see his village filled with people. The pilgrims worked hard to learn the ways of their new home. Squanto showed them how to plant corn by burying three kernels along with a fish for fertilizer. He taught them how to find and catch eels in the muddy streams, and he showed them the best place to look for lobsters among the sea rocks. When autumn came, the pilgrims decided to set aside a time to thank God for his merciful blessings. They invited Squanto and the other braves from Samoset's tribe to join them. When the great day came, ninety warriors appeared from the forest, carrying deer, wild turkeys, and all manner of vegetables. This would be a great feast. When everyone was seated, Governor Bradford began to pray. Thank you, Lord, for sending Squanto to us, he prayed. We know that your hand has been on him through all of his trials, and that you have prepared him to be our guide and our friend in a time of great need. Squanto is your living answer to our tears and prayers. And in his heart, Squanto also thanked God for the pilgrims, for they had shown Squanto that God really had used him as part of his great plan, just as the Spanish monks had said so many years before. Alleluia! Who but the glorious God of heaven could so miraculously weave together the wandering lives of a lonely Patuxet brave and a struggling band of English pilgrims in such a way that would bless the whole world for centuries to come. So this Thanksgiving, when you thank God for all he has given you, remember to thank him for Squanto, the Patuxet brave who was God's wonderful gift to America in the rosy dawn of its history. I hope you enjoyed this reading of Squanto and the Miracle of Thanksgiving, as written by Eric Metexas and illustrated by Shannon Sternweiss. Now, I know that you didn't see the illustrations because this is audio only. So if you are interested in that book, I did put the Amazon link in the show notes. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you from the language of play. Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.